Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked On Canadians, we have Carey Price news and some updates. The Laval Rocket are going to the Calder Cup playoffs, and NHL officiating is so bad that everyone in the NHL actually agrees NHL officiating is bad. All that and more inside today's show. For Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 602 of Locked On Canadians. As always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day, your first watch. If you are checking us out on YouTube, please make sure you are subscribed wherever you uh, listen or watch shows. So thank you for that. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matla, and I'm joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Sava. Laura, uh, we are one day removed from a shenanigan festival in... uh, in uh boston but we're gonna start on a positive note but first how are you doing today i am excited for the rocket playoffs uh it was very emotional night last night we were recording after i got back from the bell center feeling a little bit less emotional today but um i have to admit i'm excited for the rocket making the playoffs for the first time in their history essentially the last time they made the playoffs they were they weren't the rocket it was before they had come to laval and i think we're still going to have some exciting times in montreal even beyond that last game uh between the habs and the florida panthers yeah and and the thing about the rocket making the playoffs is they can finish anywhere from second to fifth uh right now it's a very tight final week of the season and I'm looking at the AHL playoff primer right now. They sit in third place, uh, not that far behind the Syracuse Crunch. And on the Rockets' schedule this week, Toronto, Toronto, Syracuse in their final three games. They have a chance to knock the Marlies out of the playoffs, slide the Rochester Amherst in, and potentially clinch the second seed in the AHL North. And my big hope with this, and we talked a little bit about it last night, and I talked about it with some people in the eyes on the prize slack is now that they have clinched a playoff berth, like they know they are going to the postseason. Hopefully everyone can just kind of, you know, unclench deep breath and play the style of hockey they're known to play. Uh, right now, Kevin Poulin is the starting goalie. Obviously, Caden Primo is up with the Canadians. And we will touch on that in our next segment with Carey Price. I'm very interested to see what the next couple of weeks hold because the Rocket, and I'm looking at at their goal differential and stuff here, they were cruising along behind Utica there, and then they had two bad games, and it just flipped in a, in a heartbeat. And it, it's going to be a very interesting couple of games here because Toronto has always played them tough. They always have a hard game. And then Syracuse is a tough opponent, and they're very much their likely first-round opponent I'm very interested to see which veterans step up now because there's been a few that have gone missing. We've seen good things from Joel Teasdale and Nate Schnarr, obviously Jesse Alonen, but the guys that helped push them to this point have kind of been missing in recent games with clinching on the line. And I think Jean-Francois Houle and other, the coaching staff and some of the younger guys are waiting for maybe a few of those vets to step up and be like, Hey, 
let's end this on a good vibe. You know, you don't want to go into the playoffs limping like the Canadians did last year. Or maybe you do because then you go to the cup finals, I guess. I'm, I'm not an expert. Uh, <laughs> I just play one on TV, so. <laughs> Honestly, I think that it's exactly like you said. Uh, for whatever reason, whenever they had a chance to snatch uh, playoff clinch, they didn't rise to the occasion, right? Before that, they were doing everything it took. Like, we watched them in successive games, right? What, they won, like, what, like four in a row when they really needed to put... Uh, you know, to, to advance enough to kind of put themselves in a positive position. I do think that, you know, now's a good chance for them to just kind of chill and just focus on getting back to playing the way that they can play. Uh, and I think for me, what I think is so important is that there have been some guys that have really had to take on a lot of weight given all the injuries and all of the call-ups to Montreal. Uh, and there's there's been just so much upheaval that I'm really, really impressed that they have gotten it this far. I mean, any AHL team is at risk of losing their players to the NHL team, right? But in this case, it was so excessive because Montreal set a record for man games lost to injury. Um, but I do think that on the flip side of that, that NHL experience helped some of those guys that are now going to be leading the charge in the AHL. There's some names that, you know, you, you constantly hear like like Teasdale, for example, uh, Raphael Harvey Pennard, you know, Sammy Nico just gliding out there. There are so many guys that you hear are kind of taking on the bulk of the of the uh, of the play, I guess, the the contribution to to making this lineup. But that doesn't mean that there isn't that there is a single player on this lineup that doesn't deserve to be on the playoffs. Yeah, and like I look at this team and I'm looking through their roster right now. They have a lot of names because of all the AHL and NHL call-ups, and they're missing names off of this list. You know, Justin Barron was supposed to be down with the team for the playoff run. He is injured. He's done for the year. Uh, Josh Brook is playing in the ECHL after coming back from his injury. Laurent Dauphin is called up. Michael Bazetta is called up. Lucas Videmo is injured. They just got Corey Schooneman back. It, they've had to go through a lot to get to this point here, and I'm. it's a very balanced scoring group across the top there, and that's where they thrive is that they have four lines that are usually very strong, and we haven't added in CHL call-ups uh, after their season's end, this and that. I don't know how many they'll be or they'll be here before the playoffs start, but there's always that chance. It, it's They need to find that balance they had against Cleveland and Utica and Toronto in the weeks where they had to win these games to secure that top three spot there that they had in the division. And I think they can rise to that occasion. It's It's been a bumpy ride recently, which is you know not hard to understand why. There's a lot that happened after the trade deadline. There's a lot that happened uh, with call-ups and injuries and travel and this and that. I, I'm very interested to see who they play because – there's no easy outs in the playoffs and like Syracuse is a good team. Toronto is a good team. Belleville is a good team. Rochester is a good team. Utica is obviously a good team, but they can't play them. Everything presents a challenge to them. They got to either overcome teams they've struggled with like Syracuse and Belleville, or they got to play a series against their most heated rival in the Toronto Marlies. It's not going to be easy. And it's a perfect time for some of these guys. Hey, step up. This means a lot. They haven't this the Habs AHL affiliates have not made the playoffs since 2017 when they were the Ice Caps, and they haven't really done anything since they were the Hamilton Bulldogs in that same time frame. 
So it's been a while and it's the perfect opportunity for a lot of guys to come in and, you know, stake a claim and really prove that they belong back in this organization or, uh, you know, that they deserve the next call up or, you know, whatever next season, guys like Rafael Harvey Pinard, et cetera. Obviously we will keep you posted with the rocket recaps and everything as the playoffs go on. But coming up next, we do have to talk about Carey Price. We have to talk about him not traveling to New York and what that potentially means for the Montreal Canadiens coming up. But first, we got to talk about HelloFresh. It is the best meal kit in, um, well, across the world, really, wherever it's available. And you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. So you can skip trips to the grocery store, skip the lines and everything else. And it makes home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And it's America's number one meal kit. If I, a kitchen idiot, can use HelloFresh to make very delicious things for my wonderful girlfriend who is in the other room right now listening to this, you can too. They they have so many options to diversify the menu. You can get things like salmon limon, pasta primavera, and you can pick favorite of 50 different weekly options. And you can skip weeks if you need to, change your delivery date, update your preferences, whatever you need in the HelloFresh app. I'm telling you, you're missing out if you're not trying it. And if you go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and use code LockedOn16, you're going to get 16 free meals and three free gifts. There's no reason to not check this out, folks. HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and code LockedOn16 for 16 free meals and three free gifts. All right, so we got to do the thing that I don't think any Habs fan really wants to do right now. No, we're not. We're not going to talk about Bruno. We're gonna. We're gonna talk about Carey Price and the fact that. <laughs> how do you? How do you not immediately feel afraid that the emergency recalled Caden Primo for the game on Sunday, then went Carey Price? He it's not a setback. He's just not traveling to New York. And he should be okay by Friday's finale against the Florida Panthers. And I don't know if it's just Canadians fans, as we are, have been freaked out about Carey Price's knee or hip or whatever it has been for the last, what, four years at this point. And I, I am a little bit afraid of this because it is a big cap commitment to a big key piece of this team. And we're not 100% sure if he's going to be ready or we're hoping he's ready, but we don't know. Because I looked at him in that game against the Senators, and there were a lot of movements that didn't feel very Carey Price-like. And I want to make sure that I'm not just panicking and overthinking it here. It isn't Montreal without a goalie controversy. And this season has been very full of goalie controversies. I think that had this been, you know... November, January, I'd be worried for the rest of the season, right? It's not. The Canadians have literally two games left, one of which we know that Carey Price is not playing in. It could be a situation where it's just rust, where his recovery was good enough for him to get into games, but just not good enough for him to be the old Carey Price. There are hints still that he still has that athleticism. He still has that um, that reaction time, but you can tell that some of the movements are labored. Some of the movements are not effortless. You were used to watching Carey Price make everything look easy. And 
we haven't seen that. He hasn't played that many games. We haven't seen that yet. But it's very much like he told reporters, he told us, right? Like, this is the kind of injury, the, the sport that I play and the position that I play, it takes a little longer to get back. So I do think that one of the reasons they probably wanted him to play some games this season is to see how far he is on that front. So I'm not ready to panic just yet. I just think it's really weird the way that it was an emergency call-up and all of that. And maybe Carey Price just needed rest and therapy on Sunday instead of being the backup. Because if you're the backup, you could get called in if something happens to Samuel Montalbo, right? So maybe they just really, really wanted to make sure he didn't play and monitor maybe how his recovery was, right? Like he played on Saturday night, see how he feels on Sunday. He's not traveling. On, and so he gets a little bit more rest. He's probably going to be staying behind and doing some some work on the ice, probably. Um, and they said that he should be ready to come back to Florida. So I really do think that Carey Price has done this long enough at a level high enough that he probably knows that when something's not right, right? We saw that something's not right. You think Carey Price doesn't know something's not right? So I do think that the, the team is kind of also, as, as Martin St. Louis said, we're leaving it up to Carey Price. They're getting letting him be involved in the decision. I think that that's also a positive sign. It's important for him to be in tune with his body. I don't see this as something where it's like it's an it's a setback. I see it more as he needs more time to loosen up from all of that time he spent not doing goaltending. Um, and as for Caden Primo, I don't think this is you know this is too big a deal because if Carey Price is going to be ready to go for Friday then Caden Primo is going to go back to Laval and Laval is going to have its own goalie controversy. Although from the last few games, it does seem like Poulain can handle the net if, if called upon. And it does seem like I would play him to start. I don't know. Thoughts. The hard part about this is that the Canadians play Tuesday at seven 30 against the Rangers and Caden Primo will very much, uh, unless something drastic it's has changed. Wednesday. Wednesday. Against no, the they play on Tuesday. It's Tuesday. I'm like ninety percent sure it's Wednesday. Oh Jesus! Oh well, never. <laughs> so no, I, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why because I'm gonna be on Game Over after that game, potentially reuniting with another guest. Uh, we can't confirm until I see it on on the on the call sheet. Um, and then I will also be on Game Over on Friday after the Panthers game. Also, the guest cannot currently be confirmed. But either way, that's why I know is because I have to, you know, be on Game Over before we record. Um, and it is Wednesday. Uh, and that's why I was like looking at the Laval schedule. And I was like, there's a Laval game on Thursday. I have I have confirmed that. <laughs> so there is a Rocket game Wednesday night and there's a Rocket game Thursday, Thursday against night. Toronto. And here's the thing about that is I thought the Habs played on Tuesday, which would have been phenomenal because then after that game, you just send Caden Primo back to the Rocket and then he gets to start one of those two games against Toronto, which are crucial games like we talked about in our first segment here. Kevin Poulin can handle himself, but God forbid if anything should go wrong, I believe the current backup is Owen Savory, who they signed to an ATO out of uh, UMass Lowell. He was very good in the NCAA this year, but their plan B is hoping to God that a tryout goalie can step in. I assume Primo will go back down after the game on Wednesday night and probably be there Thursday uh, in Laval to play the Marlies. If not, he will obviously be there for uh, the weekend, the last game in Syracuse. But it's less than an ideal situation. That trickles all the way down to the ECHO where the Lions are relying on 
not regular, you know, starting goaltenders, it's a big trickle down effect. And obviously this wouldn't be an issue if Jake Allen was also not injured and et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's going to be a very, uh, I don't want to say narrow week because I don't think that's the way I want to phrase it, but it's going to have a lot of thin margins for some of these goalies here. And Caden Primo played very well in a game that they lost 5-1. If not for him, that's an even bigger blowout. I thought Kevin Poulin played fairly well in a game they lost, even if it was a blowout. And they get their heads on straight. I'm not nearly as worried about it. So uh, I, my biggest thing is I'm hoping – Kerry Price is able to, you know, like you said, he's just working through that rust from not having played in the position that he plays being one that takes longer to get back from. It's, it's not an easy job. And I don't think anyone would say otherwise. It's just not hard for me to feel a little bit worried sometimes. And I think I know that some of that is just regular hockey anxiety, but the way this year is gone, it, it feels like there's just one last like real kick in the butt coming from the hockey gods for the run last year. And this just feels like it's set up to be way too perfect. I'll, I think I'm using I, it feels like it's way too obvious of a Chekhov's gun to not be that thing. I totally hear you, but at the same time. He was off the ice for eight and a half months. Sorry, he he did he did come back to the ice, but he was not playing games for eight and a half months. Right. So I think that's one thing that that it, it, it just it keeps me it soothes my worries on that front. I also think Jake Allen getting a lot of rest is going to help uh, in this offseason. Assuming neither of them gets traded. I'm looking, you know, I'm looking at the Habs and I'm like, this is going to be Allen and Price again. So, yeah, I'm happy with that. And I'm hoping that, you know, it continues. Also, I'm, I'm really excited that we're talking about the rocket. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm getting really, I'm, I'm now like, I'm firmly on the bandwagon. This used to be your baby, but now I'm like, no, I want to go to games. I'm like trying to recruit people to go with me. I'm like, let's talk about this on the podcast every single day. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm all in on the rocket. And I hope our listeners are too, because I know that there aren't that many, uh, that, that many, uh, people that were paying attention up until they got good. So, or I will say they weren't, worth paying all that attention to but but now with this new era of Laval actually winning games and actually being good uh I'm excited and uh, I hope you join us for the ride it's going to be a great time and in our final segment speaking of great times we're going to talk about the not so great times that NHL officials had this weekend but first this episode is brought to you by a rock auto and there's so many makes and models of cars it can be intimidating and sometimes even pointless to find what you are looking for at a local chain store, and even if you do find it, you're going to pay 30 50 even 100% more than you will at rockauto.com. Go there and save your time and money. Rockauto.com is at home and in your pocket, and they're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Reliably low prices for every single customer. You can get brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, anything you could possibly need for your car, whether it be that muscle car you restored in your garage or just your daily driver to and from work. They have what you are looking for. So go to rockauto.com, explore their easy-to-use website, and find the solution to your auto parts needs. And when you're done at rockauto.com, see all the parts available, this, that, and the other thing, write Locked On in there, how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, so... I know a lot of people like when I yell and scream and stomp my feet and cause a scene when I'm talking about officiating and this and that. I don't have the energy in me to do that today because it's it's exhausting at this point. 
But the last week of just NHL officiating has been so disastrous that every single fan base has had a very good complaint to be made. The Toronto-Tampa game was a disaster piece. The Habs-Bruins game was a disaster. The Habs-Flyers game featured a goal that should not have counted, and the officials looked at the Flyers bench, looked right at Mike Yo, and went, no, you can't challenge that, even though he is, in fact, allowed to challenge a hand pass on a goal. And then the next game, a hand pass was immediately wiped out a goal, and I just look at this and I go, what is the standard for NHL officiating? It's one thing to be like, oh, I missed an offside or, hey, I missed this hook or hold behind the play. It's another to have an impact on things that lead directly to goals. Obviously, we are a Montreal Canadiens podcast. Brendan Gallagher setting up a goal. Cool. That's great. Shouldn't have counted. And then I look at that Bruins game and I look at Mike Hoffman's play there on Eric Halla. I It's so egregious that even Jack Edwards, who is about as homerific as it gets, looked at that and went, that's horrible. And it led to a penalty shot and it led to a 2-0 goal for the Bruins. And it's just, the NHL has an officiating problem. It's very bad across the board. And this is not just the Canadians. The Canadians have benefited from bad officiating before. Everyone has. It's a problem. And the playoffs are, what, three games away in most cases where it's just going to get worse? I sh- At no point in time should anyone know the names of the officials who are on the ice in a given game. If you do, that means they're doing a terrible job. It's the same thing with MLB umpires. Angel Hernandez only trends because he sucks at his job, and I don't want to see that in the NHL. I don't want to know what officials are refing the game because I don't want to know how that game's going to go before the puck even drops. I think one of the things is that prior to, like, there's a whole bunch of referees and officials that have retired in the last few years um, that we kind of could identify what their thought process was. You know, there were some guys where it was like they called everything. There were some that kind of felt let them play. There were some that thought that their role was to tell the story of the game. Um, And we kind of could identify them. But now... I don't think they kind of know themselves anymore. And I do know, I, I understand that right now this is a topic that's under a great deal of scrutiny. Uh, and, and I don't blame, you know, the fans, the media, even the NHL probably behind the scenes. They're kind of looking at this and they're going, what is going on? But there's an absence of a clear message. There's an absence of a clear mandate. There's an absence of, of consensus. And there's an absence of desire to fix it. And that's the part that really bothers me is, is I just, I think that it's possible, right? Like with all things, it's possible. The first thing you got to do is you got to appeal to more people to try and get to that level in officiating. We kind of talked about it a little bit in our last uh, episode. We're going to talk about that a little bit more with, with somebody who's kind of an expert on, on officiating. We can talk about that, right? You have to appeal to more people to try to get to that level because it's really hard and there's a lot of barriers, right? You've got to make the job worth it because you have to be traveling a lot. You have to be away from your family. It's a physically demanding job and everybody hates you like that. You can't you can't discount that, right? It, it It's true. Like it sounds like I'm like, oh, they should they should just grow up and do their jobs. But I happen to do a job where if everybody hated me, I wouldn't want to do it, right? I mean, we talk about how mean comments affect us sometimes, and we're just two people on the YouTube. So 
I, I think that that's part of it is you could, you've got to make the job more appealing to people with better schedules, maybe something more regional. I don't know. I have no idea because you kind of want to prevent bias as well. But at the same time, I also think that you you have to you you have to do something you have to either reimagine the whole process or retrain everybody in the same way you have to be clearer in your messaging you can't just be like go out there and make sure those people don't kill each other because that is part of your job but you also you go out there you got to make sure that you know people talk so much about how many cross checks people get away with i mean if you let me cross check Brad Marshan in the face i'm going to do it you know what I mean? He's always in my face. He's always in my goalie's face. If you're going to let people cross-check Brendan Gallagher, do you think there's not a whole line of people that are waiting to do that? Like, so you've got to you've got to make sure that you don't let people get away with smaller things that could lead to injuries and then you prevent the bigger things and then you kind of you talk about the fine fine finer points of the game and you get the goalie interference calls right. You get those hand pass calls right. You get all those things right. That like poor Mike Hoffman, man. He did one thing so right it was so good and he got penalized for it it was just anyway all of this to say is that there are a lot of ways to fix it there needs to be a willingness and they need to do it they need to do it i i I just look at all of this and i go i don't know what the baseline standard for something is it's like we talked about goalie interference a lot on this show i don't know what the baseline standard for goalie interference is at any level i do not know what the standard the baseline standard for officiating is like I do, I, it's been very rare that I've had a moment where I went, that was a very well-called hockey game. I thought the penalties were fair. There's something egregious every night. And it's like, what is, what is the baseline standard? And like you said, a lot of people have retired. Some people were forced into retirement because they admitted that the NHL calls penalties to even things up, which is a problem in and of itself and should still be a much bigger story. But here we are. If there's no standard, there's no way to keep games level. Like I look at that Habs game last night and immediately I look at that and how Brad Marchand was acting and I go, you give him 10 and you send him to the room enough. We're not letting this spiral go, go do this. You're not, you're not creating any more drama out here. And then it continues and et cetera, et cetera. I just don't know what the, I don't know what to make of the standard anymore. And it's only going to get worse. And yes, there are some good refs that are coming up but you still have to train more at the AECHL and the AHL level and in the junior leagues and in college. And there's just not enough. And it goes, and that goes way, way down into, you know, minor league systems. there, like kids playing because parents are quite frankly, horrible people. I hear horror stories from people who have refed in like the AJHL and other places. It's a disaster and below because parents are just nuts. And it has a ripple effect that now at the top level of the game, You've got missed calls all over the place that are having an impact. And it's a serious problem that the sooner the NHL actually addresses this, the better things can actually get here. And it's not going to be a quick change. They're not going to immediately have be like, here's your new training and everyone's good at what they do now. It's going to take time. But you, like you said, you have to be willing to actually make that attempt. And the NHL right now is really not doing that in any way, shape or form. Just, you know, do what the NBA does. Have the officials uh, available after the game and accountable for what they did. You hate be like, hey, we messed this up, or hey, I would do this differently next time. But right now, the NHL doesn't have any interest in fixing what's you know ailing it, which is right on brand for the NHL. So we'll see what it looks like. We know the playoffs are going to be 
an absolute mess. We went through four rounds of it last year. It's not going to be great. And I guess we're going to see what's coming up with that. Um, We'll obviously have a preview for the Rangers game coming up and more coming up in tomorrow's episode. Uh, Thank you as always for following along. You can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can follow Laura at the active stick. You can follow myself at Scott Matlin. You can follow this show on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. We're done checking us out. Please check out Lockdown NHL. So for all the biggest stories around the NHL and around the hockey world, we will see you all next time.